Hey, it's Tiana. And today I want to talk about how you cannot diversify your way to equity and inclusion. <laughs> so let's get into it. We've all heard, you know, these these like feel good hashtaggy slogans on social media, like believe black women or listen to the stories of BIPOC follow these accounts on social media, followed by a list of like the accounts that they think you should be following because they're accounts of BIPOC who have a thing to say. Um, Then they say things like, hey, if you run a business, make sure you hire diverse people. Um, Use inclusive language. Support BIPOC. And then, you know, clap, clap, clap emoji, do the work. And if you have any questions, Google it. And I think that like all of this advice is amazing and really well-meaning. And I'm not going to like really shit on it because I have definitely been on those lists of accounts that people should be following which I appreciate. So thank you for following me on social media. Um, But the fact of the matter is, is that like, if the thing that you are doing to try to like be in the know and like respond to the racial reckoning and the calls for creation of equity, and inclusion, if you're doing these things simply because you want to do that and that you actually care, then I'm sorry, my dear. These things are not enough. There are great places to start. Absolutely great places to start. Please start there. Please start where you can start. But it's not enough. Because it does not, like kill inequality or make things equitable or even really just make things inclusive to just be sprinkling in folks of color to your social media feed or into your organization or whatever. It doesn't work that way. Um, What it is going to do is it's going to make everything you experience more colorful. And I think that that is fantastic. Um, I myself live a very colorful life. Uh, It's inherent to who I am as a person, as somebody who is biracial, queer, fat, like all of those things um, have contributed to my very, very colorful life. However, it doesn't mean that this inherently, this colorfulness creates equity and inclusion. Because what is that colorfulness? It's diversity. And diversity is great. Because what it does do is it creates exposure. It, um, it like makes you kind of like interact with lots of people, lots of different types and kinds of people but that's all it's doing you know um 
you you become aware that other people exist that are different from you and that there are differences that exist in the world and i think that these this this awareness and this exposure super useful but this these two things don't break down any systems of oppression because what is needed to actually break down systems of oppression you have to couple that awareness and that exposure with the skills to interact with the depth and the breadth of the actual lived experiences of those human beings that make up your diverse and colorful world. Because with every difference also comes like experience, you know? And those experiences like are, are colored <laughs> as a pun, sorry. Um, but the experiences of people who are outside of the quote-unquote norm or the quote-unquote ideal, the experiences that they have in their lives are always marred by the fact that they are held as different. And that's because of white supremacy. <sighs> okay, so now I've said the thing. <laughs> I've said white supremacy, and I know that there are people who are going to be listening to this, and they're going to hear that phrase, and they're going to roll their eyes, and they're going to take the deep breath like I just took, and maybe they're going to tune me out from here on out, and that's perfectly fine. I wish you well. But if you're still here with me, and you're still listening, in spite of the fact that you might have rolled your eyes, or taken, you know, the deep sigh and like you're kind of girding your loins preparing for guilt and shame um i just want you to like let go just a little bit of that um and also it's okay because the fact of the matter is that this shit's uncomfortable this is a difficult conversation to have it is not fun at all um, and, and really like what I'm going to talk about for the rest of the time that we're together today is that, um, we're really very firmly in that step, the first step of my four step framework for body liberation. And that first step is called education because the fact of the matter is, is that you can't fight against a system you neither know nor understand. And like when we're talking about white supremacy, a lot of people have a knee-jerk reaction where they're just like, why do you always gotta make this about race? Or what do you mean white supremacy? Like I'm white and I'm poor, or I'm white and I'm struggling. Like, And these things can all be true at the same time, right? We can live in a culture of white supremacy that also has white people suffering poverty and struggles. Like, both things can be true at the same time. Both things are true at the same time. And that's why we need to educate ourselves about what white supremacy culture actually is. Because when we're talking about creating diversity 
and equity and inclusion, we're actually talking about breaking down the very systems that makes things exclusive, inequitable, and homogeneous. Like, we don't have a problem where women weren't getting hired and people of color weren't getting hired into jobs because those jobs, for some reason, um, just inherently were exclusive of these people. There's no inherent exclusion in who can and cannot work an office job. But people create those jobs and people have biases that they either know or don't know that they have because of the systems they live within, the environments they grew up in, the people they're exposed to, their own lived experiences. And so we need to learn about like what undergirds all of that because we cannot fight a system we neither know nor understand. We cannot break down something until we've been been able to name it and been able to see it. Then we can go, aha, there it is. I see it. Now I know how not to do that. Like if there's a manhole in the street ahead of you and it's pitch black dark and there's no cover on that manhole, you're going to fall into it every single time until you learn how to recognize where you are and the fact that, oh yeah, that hole is there. I'm going to fall in. Maybe I should step to the side three paces when I see this thing over here. Like it takes education. You're not just going to know. None of us just know. And so we have to learn. So with that, um, one way that we can really start educating ourselves and learning about white supremacy culture is absolutely doing those things that I said at the top, which is like, you know, following BIPOC, um, checking out these social media accounts and like listening to them, reading the things that they've shared with us. Absolutely. We should totally be doing that. But what we can also do is we can search out resources that specifically like list what these things are um, that make up the culture of white supremacy. And so one of these documents um, is actually called White Supremacy Culture. Um, And it's a part of a larger work, but um, it's by Kenneth Jones and Tema Okun. And basically it's a quote, list of characteristics of white supremacy culture, which show up in our organizations end quote. And the resource is freely available online. So you could go and you could Google search it and you could read it your own self um, anytime you want to. And I definitely welcome you to do so because it is so enlightening and also like, oh, oh boy. Um, this problem is so much bigger than just the fact that all the characters in Disney are white. Um, But If you're looking for accountability, as well as a space to process your thoughts and put your questions and even like share your feelings around the text, then I'm actually offering a community-based container for exactly that purpose. And this is called the Fat Freedom Group Read. So like 
we're gonna start this group read um just of white supremacy culture the document um on monday april 10th and we're gonna have a live discussion call on friday april 21st for 90 minutes at 12 p.m eastern time because you don't have to wade into the waters of doing the work all by yourself none of this is accomplished alone we can do this together we can always do it better together and i think that you should definitely come join us so if you want to learn more about the fat freedom group read um specifically reading white supremacy white supremacy culture with us then come check us out at fatfreedomgroupread.com um so yeah like we can do this we can learn about what white supremacy culture is how it shows up what it looks like and we can start interrogating our feelings and our experiencing our experiences of it so that we can start to make actual tangible and effective changes so you can do that by joining the fat freedom group read or by you know defaulting back to all that very well-meaning advice but yeah we need to make something happen and just following social media accounts is not going to be enough come build skills with me i'd love to have you so i've been tiana and this has been another episode of the live your best fat life podcast I'll talk to you later. Bye.